Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Convergence podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Valuri and this is going to be episode 34 with Derek Zabrotsky who is definitely one of the most recognizable names in the concept art world. He has contributed to some iconic projects like Assassin's Creed, Love Death and Robots, NFS and Maze Runner to name a few. We spoke about the various lessons he has learned along the way and how he got started in the art world. and the mindset that is needed to succeed at the highest level in this industry. Derek also shared his philosophy and thoughts behind starting Focal Point School along with Mikhail Kuz. I would also encourage the listeners to go check out the Art Department podcast by Jan Urschel and Emmanuel Shu where Derek was a guest recently which was again a very solid episode by the duo where Derek expanded on quite a lot of the topics that were covered in this conversation. With that said I really hope you enjoy this episode and get a lot of value from it so let's go Direct thanks once again for coming on the podcast um like we were chatting earlier it's like an interesting role reversal from me being an audience of your podcast to now you being the guest um <laughs> and a lot of things have changed over the years in the industry and in your career as well so I just want to know from your perspective how have these years been in terms of your progression? Uh yeah, like industry definitely changes. Uh it's like um it's like a constant push that that's happening. So everyone is like, you know, trying to catch up on that and it it looks like we got to learn all the time. We got to adjust uh the skills. Uh we basically uh have to um you know sort of um move on uh i'm rather always uh, standing behind that being uh you know more original but at the same time i'm i'm aware that like when when there are new technologies or new uh workflows it's good to learn them you know because uh you you also become more um attractive to to the client and they they come in basically right mm-hmm. so um i also noticed that there is like many more people uh, interested and in, and in entering the industry like the the starters it's like uh when i was starting out it was maybe hundreds of people interested now it's like a hundreds thousands mm-hmm. you know like uh it's it's crazy it's uh, the number of people that want to do what we do is 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 just enormous and i think it's uh, it's uh that's why it's uh, so broad so trendy these days because the more people coming in there's still more and more projects coming in so it's it's also good because all those people can 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 find a place to to work on and the competition is still um very tough i guess like it's is the is the biggest ever mm-hmm. right now um because of the the access access to the knowledge and to everything that you can easily learn something for free or you know grab some tutorials for a couple dollars and it's it 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 wasn't used to be like that you know it it was definitely harder and to get knowledge and these days it's like everything is like um on the table you just have to pick it up you know so so i mean y- you of course have been in the industry for i think close to a decade at this point and early on getting access to that knowledge was much harder but 
what was it that drew you towards art to begin with before you wondered about what the concept art industry is and things like that uh, you know i always used i always loved drawing and it started when i was free uh when i watched uh lion king uh <laughs> cartoon and uh, it was my my first you know biggest inspiration so ever since i drew you know like i started drawing from scenes from the movie i started coming up with my own ones then i basically fast like um changed all the topics like i i continue with animals but also i jumped to drawing old city because i'm living i was born in in the old in the in the Gdansk, which is like um a city with a lot of like a uh, old town architecture mm -hmm. uh so i was drawing a lot of like uh, buildings architecture um then like moved to like history so i always like change the topics um you know but along with that i was also studying those topics you know for on my own because i was so interested you know so the history of the second world war it's like i start i studied it all you know dinosaurs i studied them all you know so it's it was always like the passion um and drawing was my uh, my way of expressing that you know so um so i always was basically drawing and it was always somewhere with me uh, but i didn't really plan to be a professional artist you know like it wasn't until maybe 2000 13 because i because even in 2008 2009 i already started doing some freelance commissions but these were more like for card games and like small illustrations mm -hmm. but back in 2013 i i flew to states uh because i i i, had, I was lucky to to win uh some contest and the organizers invited me to comic con to present my work and to basically visit the states so I went there and I saw all those artists, the, the whole community is like total, on a totally different level than what, what it used to be in Poland. Like um, I basically got to know that people lived with like the, the passion of like, you know, worlds and doing cosplay, you know, um, uniforms and what's not. So the community was art, uh, you know, art driven community was much stronger. And I was like, yeah, this is something that I want to do, you know, mm -hmm. like, I just want to, you know, build those worlds to inspire those people. So back in 2013, I started preparing like some of the works that, that were more like concept art friendly. And in 2014, I, I got a first gig at Sony, uh, which, um, uh, which after I finished, um, by the end of that, I, I was finished with the contract. I also started with uh, working with Ubisoft on Assassin's Creed, and I knew it's gonna be a, a big breakthrough for, for me. So I knew that's not not turning back at this point, you mm -hmm. know. So, and I mean, I just want to mention to the audience that you went quite in depth in the art department podcast about the competition and that story. So people should definitely yeah, I, I went that. very deep, but I, I I don't I don't I don't want to recall it again. I know, since I, know. I guess you you have uh, you have uh, a lot of other questions, so not to not to not to destroy the interview. Yeah, exactly. That's why I thought it'll be good to just mention. People can check that out. Um, yeah. 
So I think something that I really wanted to understand was you were able to land pretty big clients and big projects quite early on in your pro- uh, in your career. And that's something that a lot of people struggle with because maybe they aren't able to make the connections that are needed or maybe the work is not there yet. How did you approach that at an early stage in your career? Uh, it was the early stage, but for concept art field, because I started in 2000. Eight, I think there was a 7,008 when I when I got my first uh, ever paid commissions, like for 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 you know for boarding games on those clients. Mm-hmm. So people already paid me for work, but it was like uh, six, seven years before I got my first breakthrough. So oh. you know, a lot of people like think it's oh, it was so fast, and like it it wasn't that fast because it's it's uh, they don't know the whole story behind it. So uh, when I when I basically was grown up enough um, artistically to to make a switch. Uh, maybe that that then it it was fast, but you know it took me a lot of like uh, a lot of like uh, hard times to to get to the point that I was um, I was um, getting my first um, concert art you know mm-hmm. commissions. So um, indeed, I changed my uh, approach in 2013 along to to build like more concert art friendly uh, portfolio and. About a year later, I landed like a big uh, first, first big jobs. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, it took a little bit longer uh, before. Um, but after then, after Assassin's Creed, I knew it's gonna be a breakthrough for me. You know, like it, you, you cannot start higher than that. Yeah, that's cool. so. Um, I came back to Poland after my Sony contract. I finished the work on Assassin's Creed and I. I opened my company and started freelancing um, since then, you know, like, like crazy. It, it went like a roller, roller coaster, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's been like, a, you know, week after week, there was like a new job and, and like a lot of projects were either lined up or waiting. Um, but the industry wasn't as big as it is right now. So um, I think it was, it was a great timing, you know. To, to start with and right now it's it's very important to not only get into industry the tough part is to sustain and to stay in relevant in the industry and that's what i think uh, all those guys as me who started like 10 years ago or so we right now our biggest um, challenge is to to always keep pushing and like being relevant you know like and set the trends or or be inspiration for the youngers, you know. So this is one of the one of the interesting and exciting part of you know what, what's happening today. What do you think is the real mindset shift from like just beginning smaller clients to this real cutting edge projects where one is the technical aspect where your work is good, but I think there's something in the mentality as well, which you need to be able to survive at that level. What do you think is that quality? Of course, like uh, at the beginning, like I didn't have, like I, I didn't train myself to to become like a uh, good at negotiating and and what's not. So all that sort of like business knowledge came naturally with time. Mm-hmm. And you know, after years of like doing that, and when I had like some like uh, health issues, 
I realized like, yeah, I just need to be smarter, you know, regarding the business because it's my passion, but at the same time, you have to treat it as a business because it gives you job, it gives you money. So I started like, you know, like um, structuring my, my rates and like what, what I can work for and I cannot go below that. And I started negotiating harder than ever. Like I, I knew that, yeah, clients are coming in, so I have nothing to lose, you know, mm -hmm. if they don't, if they reject it, there will be another one, you know, so I kept on doing this approach. It was tough and it, it, it sort of like required to have like a, you know, balls to, to do that, you know, so just like, um, uh, just to take it like a, from the visual point of view, because, mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people who are super good at negotiating and I know like, um, um, it came with time for them, you know, because it really has to be a tough move for you to, you know, I don't care. I'm, I might lose the client, but I just want to, I just need to see where I'm at regarding my rates, you know, because I knew I talked to some people and I knew sort of like the negotiating ranges, right. Mm -hmm. Or the rates ranges, but if the client pays you whatever you want, it means you are worth it, you know? So it's like, um, it's been, it's been a failure. It's been like a lot of lessons, like a failures and some success with it until I reached the point that I understood like uh, how I can charge and how I can change my rates along the years because it's changes. So um, I never go lower than, than I was a year before. So it's like a structure a structural, like sort of like a base that, that, that raises up and, and to the certain level. And of course, it's all about the inflation these days and right. the trends and, and the market is changing. And I rather want to uh, educate people and, and let them know how much should they charge uh, and, uh, uh, than to keep it secret because I see a lot of people are charging like uh, nothing and it only like devaluate our industry, you know? So, um, so it, it, all that business sort of mind, it came with time. It came with like struggles. It came with like health issues. It came with like, a, I knew I'm, I'm already, you know, good enough to, to, to be brave, to do this sort of stuff. So yeah. I also like, uh, like educate myself on all those topics. You know, I still want to do like some courses on that, but, um, a lot of things are basically from the experience, you know, like if I compare myself to 10 years ago and now it's like a totally different person. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that's true. There's, I mean, a decade is a long time to completely transform. Yeah. I mean, given the number of projects you work on these days in variety of genres and styles, are you still charging let's say per day or do you just charge for the entire project that you work on i, I always charge for day or week okay so um with the in the movies it's like uh, you can charge like weekly so you basically um five times your your day rate uh and it, it games it depends on the project you know because uh, sometimes you you get the contract for like a, a certain amount of days mm -hmm. And then based on those number of days, you, 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 you set your rate, you know, and you always say that it's a daily rate. So if you spend like one or two days extra, you have to get paid for it as well. So, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I wanted to take a step back and talk about the kind of connections you built through Level Up, because I feel like that was a pretty transformational experience for you 
Vitek and Jonas in terms of the connections that you were able to build. How was that experience? Yeah, that, yeah that, that's a funny thing because we were like in nowhere, like visible on the market, like uh, especially me and Vitek, we, we were like uh, starting out, mm -hmm. you know, so what sort of like uh, helped us get all those guests were the numbers we, we generated through, through the podcast because, you know, all the biggest guys, like even back then in 2014, 2015, they didn't have like a hundreds of thousands of followers, you know, mm -hmm. they might have like a tens of thousands or like maybe even a couple thousands. But we, as a, as a, as a podcast, we grew very rapid, rapid, you know, like it's like uh, 20, 30,000 uh, viewers, like uh, very fast. And although we, we, we grew along with the group of uh, Level Up because we set up the group as well on Facebook. And I think it's still the biggest group on Facebook regarding art uh, in general. So it, it, it definitely helped us like getting all those guests because like, hey, we, we do the podcast. We have like a 50,000 followers or 50,000 like viewers. If you, and this also gives us a good marketing, yeah. you know, for, for uh, to, to get them on board. and. And then, like when we when we had all those people, we we learned a lot, you know, from the industry, like because they were in the industry, they told us like how it how it looks from behind it, behind the scenes. So um, everything um, we learned, it was at the beginning was was full level up, you know. So um, it was funny, but at the same time, we 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 had a lot of like uh, we had a lot of knowledge basically for free and. The good thing is that we were um, starting out. We were hosts, mm -hmm. but we were starting out, so we were part part of the audience because the audience was young, and a lot of youngsters that were watching us right now are professionals. Uh, but they were at the same point where we were when we started to level up, and yeah. we could listen to all those amazing and inspirational talks um, with a lot of insight uh, information. So it definitely. It definitely helped us um, to to grow, and so we basically grow not only as a as a, as a podcast, but we also grow grew uh, artist as an artist. You know, like uh, uh, our career started through that. So, did getting that famous in the industry early on put any extra pressure when you were still you know trying to find your way into the work that you're doing? Um. I don't know, like, um, of course, like my first big, uh, big task, like I remember when, how I stressed I was on Assassin's Creed, you know, because I always, every piece I, I needed to be the best, but with that attitude, it's not going to work, you know, mm -hmm. because the more you think about it, the, every new piece has to be the best or better than, than the one before it's, it's a wrong thinking, you know, so I would do these days, I would do all the things totally different. But uh, back in the days, I think I did my best I could, but I knew it's uh, the stress level was so high that uh, maybe uh, I could do better, you know? Mm -hmm. So at, at least it, 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 was, um, it was nicely uh, welcomed by, by the client and they liked it. So, you know, but uh, when you're ambitious, it's it's never good enough you know yeah and i have this approach all the time <laughs> that's interesting another thing i really wanted to touch upon was as a junior artist or a person trying to break in you do feel intimidated to reach out to some of these bigger names in the industry who've been 
probably sometimes working even before you were born in the world how did yeah. you you know let's say develop tactics to approach these people apart from the fact that you had so many followers because that still requires certain ways of approaching people uh we just send the email you know we we just send the emails or like message them on facebook and a lot of people didn't respond to us but a lot of people responded after a while because they saw that the podcast got um, successful mm -hmm. you know like um so we started with the guys that were not very well known and it it grew like week by week it grew very fast and we managed to get like more and more like a professional people on board so okay. we didn't really have anything to lose we wanted to gain only so uh we could only gain um the new uh, the next level so uh, we tried if someone didn't reply that's fine you know there were like a uh, hundreds other artists that we look up to so yeah that makes sense awesome um something i wanted to also talk about was this aspect of working too much and burning out too soon in the industry because you see a lot of artists who are quite prolific for a few years and then completely disappear because they aren't able to pace themselves i just want to know mm -hmm. how you have approached it because you've also constantly been working for the past so many years did you ever run into these moments where you feel like it's going too much in towards a burnout or you feel like you're not really developing as an artist you're just putting in the hours without actually thinking about it uh you know like with time i also sort of like um, changed my approach to working like in my work routine changed so i started like moving much more mm -hmm. uh, eating much healthier and 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 basically really if even if i if i stay up, up late and i i'm rather a night person but even if so i'm i'm going to make sure that i'm going to um, recharge the batteries next day and and sleep enough to 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 stay fresh you know so uh, i do a lot of breaks as well i do a lot of like um other duties and you know like even working in the garden just mm -hmm. just to reset your mind it's 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 a, it gives you a lot of like a, a lot of like stress just goes down from your shoulders right um of course before covid i i loved doing uh, like workshops so i was happy and lucky to to get invited to a lot of like workshops and events so every time i went abroad and flew over to some place i stayed there for at least one or two more days so i could just uh, see the place around and reset my batteries um these days it's a little bit harder but um you know you can just jump on a on a on a bike and and cycle for like to the other city um just to just to be in the move and just to have a little bit of sport and and like reset your mind because if you constantly thinking about work and it's still in us you know like i i i know that every time that i'm tired and sometimes when i when i um go to bed i cannot fall asleep because i'm still i'm still thinking about like a you know my 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 work and what i should do how i should do that and this is a part of routine you know it's like a it's like a it's like a lifestyle basically it's not like, it's not a job it's a lifestyle you know so yeah i know yeah, i i know exactly what you mean i've also run into this problem where you're working till quite late in the night and your mind is so active at that point that you can't just fall asleep immediately Yeah, you you have like a constant race in your brain, you know. 
it's like a some someone is changing something something you know and i cannot stop this is like a running all the time so uh, but yeah it's uh, i think it breaks uh, activity sports activity and 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 healthy food is is the key so when you're actually working on multiple client projects how do you compartmentalize in your mind because each of them have a different requirement different aesthetics different needs how many do you take on at a time and how do you manage that mm. I think the ability to to juggle with projects just also came with time because um, <clears throat> at the beginning, like um, juggling other like a lot of projects was very stressful. Mm-hmm. But I le- but I learned to live with that and how to deal with that. Um, and and these days it's also um, I'm uh, sometimes I'm on two or three projects at the same time, but I try to fit them in a little bit differently on the time frame so like um i don't like working like um 20 hours anymore <laughs> you know like a, a day so um i also started like the delegating some work if i can like so so i have uh, i have some people that um i can i can ask for help okay um so um but there are projects that you cannot really get any help from because you have to fulfill you have to basically I'll say that you have to put yourself into and you have to be the only one who is responsible for that because there's like a, a lot of like design thinking and problem solving that it's not easy as like oh you can give something to like let's say uh, I have a sketch and I can give it to someone to colorize it for me you know or like uh, to make like a to make a sketch and I can finish or or vice versa right. this is much different than when you have to design like a spaceship because lately i was also involved in some project that uh, i was lucky enough to to design like spaceships so which was super cool because um, my work mostly is like about world building and environments so i definitely had to like um, dive into that on my own to to really to really um, to really take time and and, and design um, what what they wanted but uh, yeah, my plan for future is definitely to to expand my, my company and like um, being able to juggle even more projects at the same time. Um, that's why we also have like partially, you know, uh, focal point to help people to get into industry. But if they can help us with our work, I think it's only beneficial for both sides. Yeah, so. that's a good point. Do you imagine yourself moving more towards purely art directing in the future where you get the people on board and direct the project rather than actually sitting and painting? Some projects I already are directed, uh, but uh, it was it's always like that I am also involved in the artistic project, artistic uh, process uh, uh, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I see myself uh, on the other on the other side, just only art directing uh, re- really with someone else like doing the work, but uh, I would be ready for that when I already have my personal big thing going on. Because right now I'm still searching for the topic that I really want to to um, to keep up with um, for for the future. And but until then, I I like I like to do stuff manually still, and I like to you know do my stuff uh, practic- uh, like in a practical way. So uh, I see myself in the future for sure, 
but not yet. Okay. And it's like a, some some projects are I already are direct, but uh, it's not that I'm only are directing projects. Right. So. And when you say like a personal thing of yours, you mean like a larger IP that you're developing for yourself? Yes, definitely. I would I would love to do that. Uh, I have uh, quite a few uh, successful personal pieces mm -hmm. uh, al along the years, and I'm still like uh, finding out like which which topic is the one that I would love to pursue, you know, for like a bigger endeavor, you know, like just gathering people together and build something awesome based on my personal idea so yeah it's interesting you mentioned that because that was one of the questions i had actually written down because you have worked on such a variety of topics what do you think is the reason some projects successfully you know get executed visually what do you think is that factor mm, of course part of the part of the reason is like if, if you have a good ideas and good designs so good visual uh, visual uh, representation of the project, it helps mm -hmm. uh, that the project become like successful. But I think a lot of um, a lot of uh, input is also um, lays in 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 a good good story, because uh, whether it's a movie or game, it's not enough to do like a beautiful uh, game these days. You know, right. it it would be only easier. Uh, from this point to do a beautiful game. You have Unreal Engine, you have all those tools that creates amazing stuff. But if you don't approach it with an interesting idea or, or great story, it will be like just another beautiful image or animation, you know? So it's, it's a little bit like with concept art industry these days. Like it's not enough to only have a knowledge on the tools because I know a lot of people like uh, young, younger people than me, and they are probably technically much better already, mm -hmm. but it's not enough to, to, to know every tool. You have to have ideas. And even if you, if you do something um, as good as someone you look up to, you always just repeat the same and the same over and over um, the style. So right now, everything that makes people stand out from the rest is rather not only good skill, but a lot of that lays in good story, good design, good shape language, you know, good ideas basically. Mm -hmm. And this will be the same with the games, uh, for instance, the games in the movie in the uh, in the in the future. The movies are already very elaborate, and we know for many years already it lays in the story, you know, because you have so many beautiful imagery with amazing um, visual effects, but if the story is lacking, yeah, it's it's just like another block, you know. Yeah. You you just watch it, you forget about it, you know. So yeah, that's what this makes me wonder, you know. Like so many artists develop their IPs, but very few of them consult with scriptwriters or screenplay writers to yeah. flesh that part out. Because just because you're a good artist doesn't make you a good writer automatically. I think exactly, and and that's what I also want to avoid. I don't want to try to start something. Uh, like my own IP uh, just for the sake of starting. Mm -hmm. I just want to start it when I'm ready, when I feel like, okay, this is something that I want to do. Because a lot of people are doing some, sometimes mini projects, sometimes the project that they feel like they want to push. But I, I feel like they are, um, they don't have a clear vision. They think they can push it, but I, I get a sense that they don't know if it's going to be good or not. 
you have to be sure it's, it's going to work out. Yeah. Of course, you, you cannot predict that. But if you're not excited and you don't believe in your, in, in your projects, like no one will believe, you know, so. And even then it's like such a hit and miss, right? Even if you really believe in it and you are really putting in a lot of work, it doesn't guarantee whether it will actually succeed or not. Yeah, that's why it's also important to, as you said, like consult it with a lot of people, with different people, like um, artists, uh, music composers, like uh, screenwriters. Just try to reach them out. Like, just try to use your connection. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are in the industry for many years, you know a lot of people. So, so this actually leads me to the project that you worked on, which was cancelled eventually, which is Mouse Guard, because you did quite a lot of work for that, and it really looks beautiful. And it was an existing IP as well. Can you talk about why it failed, if at all you know much about the background of what happened there? Yeah, it's, I think it commercially, it, it, it's still my favorite project. Like uh, the, the freedom that we had, like the, the number of tasks and the variety of tasks, it's, it's been incredible. And, and the whole journey was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I loved working with Wes, um, um, that I work, who I work with uh, before on Maze Maze Runner. He's he's a great director, but he's also an artist. So he understands, even when you do like a couple ugly brain strokes, uh, brush strokes, he he knows uh, what what you want to achieve, you know? So this is the beauty of of the director that actually has that artistic soul, you know? So we put a lot of work, it's, I think, for for the for the conceptual phase or pre-production phase, I think it was one of the, the longest uh, pre-production in the movie history because we built that movie as it was game, it, it, as it was a game. You know, like we built everything uh, from every piece, every corner of the world. Mm-hmm. It, it, it all had like a world map. It was so elaborate in terms of like um, designing that world, and. It, it took us almost a, a whole year for only previous um, part. Uh, in between, there were some meetings that to give us a green light to, to keep on pushing the other phase. And they were about to start shooting, you know? So with all the mock-up and we, they already had like a cast uh, chosen. Mm-hmm. And it was at the time that the Disney was leasing uh, was finishing the list uh, of Fox. So they basically, um, they were about to buy out uh, Fox in, eventually. And they did it. Uh, and at some point, like, I think after two weeks or so, after they, they merged Fox with, uh, with Disney, uh, they canceled a lot of projects, like oh. including Mouseguard. So uh, I think, I don't know, of course, they are, um, real reason behind it we can only guess uh, but um it, it was tough because we we were of course hired at the beginning by fox so we all got paid and they put like i think fox put already like a tens of millions of dollars to the production so even with before shooting mm-hmm. so um and 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 the project that was that had such a potential because I, I remember the, the, the press and the media were covering like after it was closed down, like how potential, how big the potential is, you know, in this project and how successful it could be. 
it's it's crazy that they 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 killed that project. They axed that. I, I we don't really know officially why, but uh, yeah, someone had to make such decisions. And you know, I I met with Wes uh, two years ago when I was in LA, and he said like, we never know, you know. Mm -hmm. So there is always hope. So if not now, maybe in ten years, you know. So yeah, yeah, these projects can like come back from the grave at any point when somebody puts exactly yeah but you're quite right especially that there, especially that there was like so many elements built like all the maquettes and the world was the demo was made in unreal mm -hmm. we had the weta uh, weta studios that were already incorporating some of their technology from um from previous movies and it looked amazing you know i saw some some pieces and like some characters made by them is like incredible mm -hmm. so very very tough it's it it was it was it was axed when a project like this comes up where clearly the artists involved have put in a lot of heart and soul into that work and it gets cancelled does it affect you mentally for a long time after that um uh, maybe not a long time but of course in the beginning i was very sad to hear that because um yeah i i put a lot of heart into that i did like a hundreds of concepts you know the, the, what, what you see online is only the snippet of the whole world yeah. so um i know me and other artists we we did our best and you know we 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 sacrificed a lot of time and and our resources and i, I remember like i rejected a lot of projects at the time that i was working on mouse card because i really wanted to focus only on that i see so uh yeah it's, it's 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 been a great ride but uh, you know like we cannot change the the we cannot change the decision so and the life goes on there's new projects i mean yeah. always so um yeah you cannot really get uh, affected by that much for a longer mm -hmm. time because there is always something new and you never really know if the the next project might be even more successful you know like i remember when i was working on the first season of love the hand robots and I didn't really even, I wasn't even realize it was out uh, until someone tagged me. Like some of my friends tagged me in their post. Like, hmm, did I work on that? Like, I check it out. Like, what's that? Like, and I started like uh, recalling like the project because it was like very, like, it was like a year before the, 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 the TV series uh, got released. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's this one. And when I remember, how well reception you know um how big the reception it it got uh, and how many fan base that they built uh, with the tv series i knew that the second season only become like a, even more successful so um this also changes like um yeah okay now i wait for the second season because you know i i knew it's gonna be a, a buzz about it but yeah sometimes you don't even know you know, mm. when you work on the first one, you didn't even know that it's going to be a successful project. You just kept on doing what you what you get paid for, you know. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I really appreciate the transparency on this because, and the reason I wanted to talk about this project was because everyone knows the projects that are out already, but there are so many that gets cancelled on the way and you have put in so much time and energy into that. So there must be some, let's say, yeah. reward slash bad feeling at the end of it, you know. 
Yeah, good thing that we we were able to at least post something, mm-hmm. and a lot of people got to hear about it. Yeah. And I think it's 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 still one of the most uh, like I talked about uh, cancelled projects in the in the in the movies late recently. You know, like every once in a while I speak to someone or I met someone it's like. Yeah, it's so sad for a mouse guard movie, you know, like, mm-hmm. and you can, you can, you can hear that, that the, the, the people disappointment was very, very big on the, on the internet when, when they found out about that, that, um, that novel not being put on the big screen because the comic itself is awesome as well. Yeah. So Awesome. Hey, so I want to also talk about, like you mentioned working with Westfall, who's a very clear, uh, let's say artistically driven and artistically minded director because he himself started from a short film which launched his directorial career yeah. versus a director who was more about the organization of the process of directing and more of a organizer rather than an artist what is the difference in terms mm-hmm. of conversing with a person like this um one of one of the difference of course is that uh, you got to work on a different projects for people who are not really um they definitely has to have like a, some artistic um, vision right? right but they might not be um practically um trained or they they might not have any practice as west had you know, yeah. in terms of art um so i worked with like a both i i remember i was working also on mindhunter um uh, from netflix and these were like um only the sequences that i was doing um based on like um the green screen actors that were shoot um in the frames and and i had to like add some vfx effects and i worked with like um with um with Dave, david fincher on that so he put the notes uh, on my on my works, of course the notes were basically you put the ma- you, you you take a mouse and you do some like a MS Paint you know scribbles on top. Yeah. But he had a vision, you know. It doesn't it doesn't need to be like when I was working with Wes and on mouse uh, on on Maze Runner and when I was designing the city and he wanted me to design like that that uh, entrance wall. So uh, for inspiration, he even showed me some of his renders, you know, like. Hey, maybe do something like this with like a big, you know, concrete structure. And so he basically put um, practical uh, art uh, approach. Okay. And and for instance, on the other hand, David was doing the notes, but he already had a vision. So I think maybe imagination-wise, they they think uh, uh, similar. But uh, there are a certain projects that you, if you work on a drama or like a, a the, the movie that is like a more driven in the like more driven by the by the story or plot you have totally different approach and totally different uh, feedback from from the director you know so uh, for instance um, with um, with producers and and and, and the showrunner of uh, Love Death and Robots um, there were a lot of talks about the visual style before we even started because uh, it was at the time that I was in LA and 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 I I was I, I had some meetings at, at the Blur uh, on the project that I was already involved and uh, a showrunner uh, of uh, Love the Robots season two um, Jennifer uh, she was there and she wanted to talk to me so she invited me to to the meeting 
And then that's how I found out that she wanted me to work uh, with her on, on the Love, Death and Robots season two. And a lot of um, discussion was not about the design of the world. It was more about the artistic style and how the story will impact the visual aspect of, of uh, an aesthetics of the series. You know, right. so it's a, everyone has a lot of different approaches and this is all very inspiring because you met people who has like a totally different approach than the other and maybe different than what you uh, can imagine or you expect, you know, so. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, having so many different creative people bouncing ideas off each other, it'll really just stimulate you to be more creative and keep trying out stuff. Definitely, yeah. So the project that you worked on within season two was Pop Squad, which I think seems to be the most popular episode out of that yeah. particular series. What was the process? Yeah, I, uh, no, go for it, go for it. For, uh, yeah, the, the process was very organic. Like, uh, I remember that the first meeting we had, like, she showed me, like, um, some of, like, um, creative decks that they prepared. Like, uh, telling me, like, what sort of, like, world they, they're going to imagine and, you know, what I could visualize. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I started working um, when I was back to Poland when I have my office. So, um started like a digging into art deco style like how to merge it in in with with uh, like futuristic uh, approach maybe these days i would even do it a little bit differently but um it, it is funny because a lot of a lot of time it starts with like a very intense and extensive uh, research you know yeah. so you research the ideas you research like uh, the styles and you read about the architecture read about like the the history of that style and you get to know the world that you might make on your own, but with a little bit of like artistic twist, you know? So that was a, that was a very organic approach. And of course I started with sketches and sent it over to them. Uh, and then we jumped on the call um, discussing like the directions or like whether it's good or not, maybe we could change this or that. Yeah, very organic approach. Like the not really different than than other projects that I that I'm in, but uh, back and forth basically. As you become more senior and more seasoned in the industry, how much more impact are you able to have on the project? Because early on you're just like a hand for somebody else, but as you keep growing, you get to say more in the project. So, what has that process been like for you? Yeah, I, I notice, of course, with time that you you got a higher and higher position. It your your visual world has much more impact, you know, like on the project, you know. And um, for me, it started back in two thousand, I think seventeen, when I got hired by EA mm -hmm. uh, to work on uh, EA, um, the Need for Speed, uh, Need for Speed Payback. Okay. Um, and I was responsible for like um, designing the world, like helping fleshing out like the, the maps, even though it was very grounded, we had a lot of like artistic freedom, but I, I was basically with the right hand of my art director at the time and helping him even like um, delegate some stuff for the, for the more junior uh, concept artists that um, I, I trained, I helped them with some, I did some overpaint for them. So, um, and with him, with my art director, we, we did a lot of like uh, meetings together in brainstorms, like how we want to see the game, you know, how we want to um, 
flesh out the game style and how it actually we want it to to be in terms of like the final output so um yeah i was doing a lot of presentations uh, and a lot of like pieces that he could use for like a presenting to the rest of the team mm -hmm. sometimes i met like a, i was meeting with like a world building artist and just fleshing out like what i want to see and if it's possible or not so this is a lot of this is a lot of like constraints also along the way because you know game engine or like a certain people or the gameplay aspects they have a lot of impact on the visual art um on on the visual direction of the project but uh, sometimes a lot of things like you know even like a small props or maybe some lighting condition or like specific land formation it can give an extra ideas to the team you know so it's been fun um and this is actually the, the moment that uh, my my voice uh, in the production started to be much more uh stronger mm -hmm. and since then i'm consulting some projects i'm directing some of the projects and yeah i see that not only the early stage of the production when we just generate ideas but also later along the process i can have an impact on the production you know like how it basically can be structured or what sort of like a visual direction we want to head over to you know so it's it's definitely changes and 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 I see that growth in it, you know. So to get to a point like this, how important are other skills apart from just the art? Is it about the communication, about networking, to be able to actually come to know about these projects? Uh, I think it also comes a lot to uh, like your personal approach to, to the work, you know. If you are communicative enough, if you are good at communication and you, you have this verbal skills, people like to listen to you people like to work with you and they can you know you, you can negotiate the changes in the project right so right. it's it's much easier because a lot of artists are very uh, introvert and i was also very introvert at the beginning you know it, it it just changes with time with the experience some people might not feel uh, comfortable with it but some people are opening up and they feel more and more confident with that hmm. so that makes sense so there was something you touched upon in the art department conversation where you mentioned that roughly about five to 10 students at the most out of a hundred really make it to that top level. And when I heard that an immediate question popped into my mind was as the industry grows more and more and more people are trying to break in, what do you think will really separate people from that hierarchy or that benchmark? Mm. I think the percentage um, that I gave won't change that much or at or at all um, because sometimes it, it might be like as I said as you said five people sometimes it can be ten sometimes maybe one or two people uh, out of a hundred um, it's not it's not only gonna be about the the skill it's not only gonna be about the knowledge it's not only about the style even it's not only about like a how you're gonna solve those issues visually uh it's 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 gonna be a, also about like the your your personal approach and how can you deal with all the problems that comes to you know doing what we do so sitting sitting long hours taking care of your health struggling with like a first couple of years of like on the business side uh struggling with like a you know 
back pain or you know like all the uh, health related issues struggling with motivation with art burn burnouts so this is a lot of things you know that if you don't find on yourself the remedy you it won't be the industry for you because i know a lot of people who are very talented and you, you can see that their future is bright and they have like a, amazing careers ahead of them but they are not hurt at all you know you, you cannot hear about them anymore because maybe they either changed the the interest or they gave up right and this is like that you know like i see with our students we have a lot of people across uh, across the years and i could only mention maybe five people out of like all those that uh, that 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 got to the point that they they are professionals because breaking to industry is one thing but staying in the, in the within the industry staying relevant and on top of that not only being part of the production team but also being able to grow your own imagery and grow your own presence online is a totally different topic yeah. so I mean, across the last couple of years, your work has revolved quite heavily in the mood and the architectural aspects of world building. And there are, of course, so many artists who are doing exceptionally well in other types of work as well. Do you ever feel like you want to experiment in different types of art or experiment in different themes? Uh, yeah, definitely. Right now I'm working on, uh, I was working lately on a lot of vehicles and, and, and definitely that's something that I want to expand on because I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big, you know, petrol head. Okay. So, uh, that, that's the, that's the funny thing because, uh, I was always wondering like if, if I love cars so much, why don't I do anything related to cars, <laughs> you know? So I, I definitely go, I, I, I feel like I needed some projects to give me that self-confidence that I really want to try that on my own to build like some projects, uh, personal big projects and mm -hmm. um, heavily driven by, by like a vehicle designs, for instance. And yeah, it's like, uh, I feel like I'm very ready uh, after, after last uh, few years and, and then a few projects that I, that I was involved in. And I definitely started preparing for like exploring that topic. You know, I have some, I have some personal pieces that uh, that happened uh, across the years, mm -hmm. and there are like they uh, did touch upon like a max or like a vehicle designs, and I want to expand on that uh, lately. So expect unexpected. That's awesome. I mean, that's exciting to uh, hear about. Um, I know you're short on time, so I don't want to drag it on for too long. I spoke with Mikhail about the origins of how Focal Point came to be, but I would like to know from your side as well. What was the thought process and the logistics of actually setting up a physical school? Because that's much tougher and a lot of things go into doing that rather than yeah, responding. Yeah, it's a lot of things can go wrong, you know, like we, we, we knew each other for like many years, like uh, working together and chatting on, on, on Skype and whatnot. So um, we always had this in mind, like we want to do something together, like mm -hmm. um and we did a lot of like workshops and so many of them were also like we did together. Um, so we, we said like, yeah, we are great friends and we had, we had a, we had a, we have a good flow. So why not to try something out? And it was at the time that I was, um, uh, having like a public, uh, event at the, at the film school and I had connection there and, and I, 
and I called Michal like, hey man, I think we are ready. Let's 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 start the school, you know. So and he was, I think he was about to wrap up his work on Hitman. So he was about to uh, to be able to move. Okay. So I said like, if we start a school, you have to move here. You know, mm -hmm. I have connections here. Uh, let's 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 start it off and. So he moved. We did within a couple of months. We we did all the plans like uh, marketing website, and um, we hired some guys that, that helped us like like make a nice movie, trailer, and and we knew it's the, we are the first ones in Europe that that are just focused on concept art. You know, so we we use that term like a first European school um, on our advantage, right? So. We, we took it off in 2018 during the summer. Uh, the first term we did at the film school that I that I told you about. And yeah, we, we, we realized that, that the place is too small for us. We have to find like another one. So me and my wife were, were like, a, you know, walking around the city, like a, driving like to all different institutes and all different places like um, modern buildings, whatnot. So we we tried to find like a good suitable place that has like a, a lot of space that's good for in terms of like um in terms of like a rental mm -hmm. um and has like a full multimedia so like a projector tv screen and and whatnot and my mother gave us the idea of like uh, you have to go um to this certain building because she was an architect and she was oh. doing some projects in in that uh, in that building so uh, i took my wife um, and, and we we had a meeting with one guy that we we called before and the beginning i wasn't really sure about this place uh, but after a while we find this guy like a very helpful and very friendly and it's like okay we got a place you know so he we did like one term the other term it was amazing the, the collaboration was much better than the film school uh, so, uh, he was actually very excited about what we do. So this was a big advantage for us, okay. you know, when someone is exciting, excited, it's much different, you know, like you work, you work on a totally different level with such people. So, um, yeah, the logistics took us a, a while. Um, in the meantime, Mikkel was doing, uh, more like art, uh, stuff, um, promotion. So, um, I told him that you know it would be good if you if you post like the sketches and he does the sketches and you know to promote the school you know so to 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 show that uh, we generate ideas fast and yeah and now we both like curated the website and and the Instagram and Twitter so we don't really do much of like aggressive marketing we ra rather rely on people like a mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, uh, you know, um, uh, recommendation. And I feel like it's in some ways it's much stronger because like you can get like a, we can buy like some ads and you can get like a 10,000 likes on, on, on Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, on, on our focal points posts, but you have to ask yourself like how many of those people is your organic reach? And how many of those is basically the reach that you generated with money? Right. Uh, and maybe there are people that are not interested at all. So this is a difference, you know. When I when I see 
how well it goes because people are recommending the school to each other and this is like expanding small community it's much better and much more um, fitable to what we do because uh, we want to grow and but in a way that we are able to grow naturally with with our students right so it's very similar to 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 the approach that i had with level up you know we wanted to grow but to the certain point we we grew very big but after we felt like it's it, we don't have fun anymore with that we quit you know right. of course school is a totally different project because it's a business project but we wanted to grow like a naturally so of course we we are thinking about the expanding the 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 artists uh, like that that are teach that are teachers and the, the classes maybe the places because we have already a lot of ideas so yeah this upcoming term is going to be the biggest so far so it also scholarships helped us a lot i guess like uh, this was the idea that we both sort of like uh, had in mind for so many months and it's like Okay, I think this is a great time for doing that. So um, we we, ba we basically, um, uh, you know, the reception of, of the scholarships and the number of submissions and the quality of them is, is really satisfying. Yeah. So we still haven't picked up the winners yet. Uh, we're going to do it very soon. Uh, but I think the people who, who has such a uh, chance, it, it's always gonna be a good uh, for a school, you know. Like uh, we we give them a chance, and then they do the work that that's like a, a nice more promotion for the school. Yeah, so I think I preferred I preferred very much that uh, sort of like organic uh, marketing than aggressive. Like you have to pay, and it's not always gives you much revenues in, in return yeah so. you're quite right about that i think the scholarship was probably the best way to actually market because people who invested in that marketing because they themselves yeah. have the opportunity to gain from it exactly so we gain and they then they gain you know even when they don't win they see they are part of the community and we even created like the discord lately just for focal point school and this is for public of course we will have like sub channels that that will be uh, only sorted for uh, for people who 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 are applying mm -hmm. or who, are, who who applied, but it's like a small community that grows public um, about the focal point school. So if you want, I can send you the link later as well. Mm, I'm actually already in the Discord. So oh, you are in. Yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I've been interacting so with see, a few people there. <laughs> okay, okay. So we do a, quite a good thing that you know sometimes it's like people are just joining. And it's like, I wasn't even aware, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the power of community building because people are just telling each other and because everyone's excited about the work that they're doing. So that's a good place to be. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh, okay. So direct, we are at the one hour point. I'll just leave you with one last question to end the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you obviously work towards building your business and the school at this point. How far ahead in the future are you thinking? Is it like 10 to 15 years in the future or is it just the immediate time being for the companies? Uh, to be honest, I'm not really thinking that much in the future because you never know what the future brings. And I rather live like a day by day and happy with what it is right now. So yeah, like maybe a day, a month from now, but not really thinking in years because you know, life sometimes shows you that it's not worth to thinking that long ahead, you know, so 
yeah, rather staying uh, on the ground and 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 expect and seeing what what's what's happening. So, of course, I have my hidden dreams, right. but yeah, just just thinking rather on the what what's the recent future is. Awesome. Well, man, that was a really fun conversation. So many we covered quite a few topics in a short span of time. So I yeah. really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, definitely had a had a blast, and yeah, keep on doing what you do. Uh, I think he, he, you have a great thing going on here. Thank you. There is never enough of podcasts, so yeah. If if we can help somehow, just let us know. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to continue this conversation forward and just build more a deeper connection with you. Guys. Yeah, let, let's 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 make like a let's let's make maybe part two in the in the in the near future. Absolutely. All right, man. Awesome. Have a great time. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you very much.